Welcome to Out of My Mind Box, a podcast about intuitive eating and mental health. Today we are going to be going through the third principle of intuitive eating, which is make peace with food. So I've got Xenia Ayotis with me here today, a certified intuitive eating counselor amongst other things. Xenia, would you like to just introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, Anka. Thanks for having me again. Yes, I'm an intuitive eating counsellor, been doing this work for 10 years now. I'm also a certified mindful eating coach and life coach. Great stuff. So as we go through our principle today, um, you're going to give us useful input from your side and, and professional experience in the field. And I'll be sharing a bit more from my personal experiences with implementing this in my mm -hmm. life. Um, I'm sure you've got a bit of that as well. So let's maybe first just kind of define what making peace with food is all about. And um, from from my side, I've uh, I've once again I'm leaning heavily on Evelyn Tribble's um, general way of of seeing things, and it's all about making peace with food. In other words, no more war. So it's calling a truce and stopping the fight against food and giving yourself unconditional permission to eat. So it's all about if you're telling yourself that you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, it can lead to intense feelings of deprivation, and that can build into uncontrollable cravings and often binging. So the idea is that when you finally have permission to eat, it removes the urgency and the excitement that causes those binges. You really get to taste the food see how it feels in your body. So from your side, um, is, does that cover uh, what we need to talk about? Yes. Peace with food? Yeah. So the principle make peace with food, I would say is a fundamental principle of intuitive eating. It is for some people the easiest and for others the most difficult. And why I say easy, it's, goes so counter to diet culture because in diet culture, it's all about what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat. Whereas this principle is essentially, well, it's give yourself unconditional permission to eat what you want. And people are like, they can't believe it. They are terrified by it. They're excited by it. So it's, it's a difficult principle to put in place, especially if you've had a very long history of dieting and food rules. So you get two, two different types of eaters. You get restrictive eaters and permissive eaters. Now, all of us with a history of dieting and restriction can be both, but one of them is our default. So what I've noticed is that people who are restrictive eaters and very rule-based tend to struggle with this principle. Those who are more permissive um, find this very exciting and can kind of jump in and apply it. It's a, it's a scary one because it's kind of counterintuitive. It's like, are you telling me I can eat whatever I want? And the answer is yes, you can. And people are terrified by it. And the common fears are, well, I'm never going to stop eating. If you tell me I can eat whatever I want, I'm never going to stop eating 
chips and sweets and cake and whatever they've told themselves they're not allowed to eat. So um, that is the big fear factor for them. Also, uh, people are scared that they are not going to eat healthily, that they just given free choice, they're just going to eat sweets and cake and chocolate all day. So mm -hmm. there are some fears that people have to get over when um, applying this principle. But the way I always explain it to my clients is the way we learn to drive a car is by actually getting in the car, starting the ignition, you know, driving, you know, learning the skills and the tools, and then actually getting on the road and driving. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with this principle. So if you've got to go at your own pace with this, if it kind of scares you, you can take it slowly by looking at the foods that you have forbidden and not allowed yourself to eat and work with each one. Or you can just dive in, make a splash and just try it. It's really up to you. You've got to see what works for you. How did you experience this? It's definitely been a journey. Um, so this was a very freeing principle for me. I kind of still had the impression that somewhere, somehow, there's going to be a guideline that I need to follow. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> this, this was the first real guideline, um, which was not what I expected at all, is like literally allow yourself to have anything you want and as much of it as you want when you want it. And um, luckily, my list of forbidden foods was quite short because in, in my dieting history, it was always the healthy eating plan. There was never a real diet per se. Okay, there were a couple. We, we, we um, dabbled in the Atkins diet. <laughs> but um, besides that, it was mostly just healthy eating plans, usually led by, by a dietitian of some sort. Um, and we, when I say we, I talk about me and my mom because it was kind of like a together journey um, right. back, back in the dieting days. And even now, as, as we delve into intuitive eating, I wound up choosing a few key foods that were like, I'd call them panic items for me, where if they were in the house, it felt like I needed to finish them, regardless of how much there was. Yes. So the first thing that I latched onto was you buy more than enough of the mm -hmm. thing that you're yeah. trying to get That's over. Right. And that was very scary for me because I just also saw that I was going to reach the end of what I'd usually eat and then there'd be more and I would just want to eat the rest of it. And mm. dead honestly, that did happen sometimes. Um, it took me probably five times of wiping out the food um, and running out of stock, basically, before I eventually had an experience where I'd have as much of it as I wanted and then leave the rest and actually forget it was there and start being right. able to have the freedom to have nice foods in my house at any given time and mm. not have it be a only on special occasions thing or right. only on, I, I never had cheat days, but I did have, I did call them treat days. Um, mm. So I, I now can have a treat day any day of the week. 
right. yes. really, really magical. Mm-hmm. And I had to, so my, my food, the first one that I did it with was Nutella. Ah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would just eat that by the spoonful out of the jar. So <laughs> I still do that sometimes, but only when I want to. <laughs> and um, the most recent food that I've been playing with is fudge. Um, now it's quite an expensive one if you don't make it yourself. So it led me to to learn how to make it as well. And um, yeah, just getting used to it and taking the magic mm. out of it was mm. in a way it's, it's sad because it makes the food not so magical anymore. Yes, there's no charge you know around. Yeah, but you know what? There's always going to be fun foods. There's mm. always going to be smarties. You know what I mean? And yes. they don't lose their magicalness just because you Absolutely. have them around all the time. And you can still enjoy that pleasure when you want to. But if you can yes. just have the freedom of not, not being held hostage by the food sitting right. in the pantry, then yes. that's how I experienced it. Right. Interesting. Um, well, you see, the thing with diets, rules, restriction, willpower, eventually, you know, that desire for control leads to overeating, binge eating, feelings of guilt and shame, which then cause more eating. So giving yourself unconditional permission to eat what you want takes all that away. Mm. They call it the the paradox principle. Yes. When you finally have the permission, then it takes away the need. (laughs) Exactly. It's the paradox of permission. So when we look at give yourself unconditional permission to eat what you want, make peace with food, you've got to look at the deprivation factor. So people who've had a long history of dieting have experienced diet trauma. And it's physical and psychological. And we mustn't underestimate the effects of psychological deprivation. That forbidden food thing creates preoccupation with food, obsession with food. It makes us just think about these foods all the time. Um, And it's not, a lot of people think, oh, it's just me. I don't have willpower or my willpower is weak. You know, it's a natural human reaction to deprivation. I'd actually like to share, um, they say that that biological factors like increased hunger hormones and psychological uh, changes cause us to think more about food. And these right, processes yes. ensure that we, our bodies get the energy we need. There was a study done during World War II. I'm sure, sure you've heard of it, the starvation yes. experiment, right. um, where yeah. a group of conscientious objectors agreed to participate in this study con- conducted by a researcher, Ansel Keys. Mm-hmm. And this group of healthy men with no history of dieting were subjected to a period where their calorie intake was cut to half of their usual intake. After six months and significant weight loss, their usual diets were resumed and the results were staggering. So even after they had gained back all the lost weight, they were obsessed with food and reported dreaming about it, craving foods and even reading mm-hmm. cookbooks. And remember, this was in the, in the 40s and these were men. <laughs> these yes. persisted long after the study had ended. Um, so it, it, was, it really just proved that it's not, it's not just you. you know, this is a human uh, biological yes. thing, that, a, a rule that we need to kind of mm. accept as truth. Yeah. Mm. 
So if you look at unconditional permission to eat what you want, it's almost like a form of exposure therapy. It's exposing you to your forbidden foods. And by eating them and repeatedly eating them and knowing that you can have them again, that novelty wears off because what, what happens when they are forbidden, it's you judge yourself so much for eating the food that you succumb to ordering the pizza or the cake and you think, oh, well, this is the last time. Mm-hmm. And so then you eat all of it because, of course, you're never going to eat it again. Whereas by knowing that you can always have this food again and the permission is there, you know, that avoids that kind of last, what Evelyn and Elise call the last supper mentality mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. you know, this is the last time, so let's just get it all in. Um, you know, you know you can have it, so you have half the pizza and you keep the rest for the next day. Or you eat half the cake because you know that anytime you want cake again, you can go and order it. I had a client who was absolutely obsessed with Magnum ice cream. And she refused to keep Magnum in the house. And so we were working together and she would always, you know, when she had the craving for Magnum, she would stop um, at the shop or the garage if it was late at night and she would buy them and eat them quickly in the car on the way home. So after working together, uh, I suggested she buys a box or two, like more than she could possibly have. And she had them. Because she knew she could have them, she had them in her freezer for a while. She was very restrictive, so it was very difficult for her to actually have one. Eventually, she started having them. So she would have them one or two at a time. But because she knew they were there, these two boxes actually lasted two months. Then um, another example of a client is, this was also a client with a lot of restriction and a lot of pressure on her to lose weight. Uh, and she came to me and I said to her, look, you, you know, you've got permission to eat what you want. She said, can I eat cake? So I said, yes, of course you can eat cake. So she would go to, well, South Africans would know this, the mug and bean, and you know mm-hmm. how large those slices of cake are. Yes. Um, so she would go and she would order two slices of cake every day. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, like, and she would say, but you said I could. And eventually, about after a month, she said to me, she came back and she said, Zen, I can't eat cake anymore. (laughs) So I said, don't. She said, I actually really want to eat some vegetables. I said, well, you can eat whatever you want. If you want to eat vegetables, you can. Eventually, she got to the point where she would have cake when she wanted it. Um, But it was a process and she needed to trust in the process and allow herself to go through it for a month. A lot of people are so scared to do that, but eventually you do get to a point where your body, when given free choice, your body actually really wants foods that are going to feel good in your body. Of course, you're going to want things that taste good, but naturally when we're hungry, our bodies almost want nourishing your food most of the time and some of the time yeah we always want something sweet after a meal or something fun to eat but don't Mm -hmm. underestimate what your body wants and needs 
Another thing I experienced um, when initially giving myself this uh, full-on permission was uh, a, a touch of rebellion as well. Mm. Like I would almost choose the unhealthy yes. route just yeah. because I knew I could now. And I, right. I felt I owed it to myself to, for mm. once, take the route that felt like and not the one that yeah. I should. Um, yes. So there was a bit of that that I had to get over as well. Okay. And after a while, it's, you know, you don't need to be such no. a rebel anymore. <laughs> That's uh, called entitlement eating. So it's a very common thing when working with this principle. And uh-huh. it normally comes in around two weeks after work, two, three weeks. I see it with my clients. They go, oh, Zen, I haven't stopped eating. And all I've been eating is sweets and chips and blah, blah, blah. And I say, yeah, that's normal. The longer you've been deprived and the more food rules and diets that you've been on, you know, what, what happens in the process is you, you're eating them because you can. Mm-hmm. And it's a reaction to the years of deprivation and not being allowed to eat these foods. So mm-hmm. entitlement eating is part of it. And the question really becomes, are you eating? There's a lot of rebellion in that entitlement eating. Mm-hmm. And the question then becomes, are you eating these foods because you can and you're allowed them? Or are you eating them because you truly want them? And very often they say to me, oh, but you said I could. <laughs> Someone needed to give them permission. There's some other reasons, actually quite interesting, that people could have these, um, you know, that not have peace with food. One of them being food insecurity when money is tight in childhood or even in the present. The inability to purchase foods can cause feelings of deprivation that later results in binges and overeating when these foods are available. So some people have been put into that situation without meaning to and not even to Mm -hmm. do with diets. And then also there can be families that have strict food rules right? Um, that kind of don't give their kids sweets and whatever the, the family's mm. rules are have been ingrained in you as, right. as a person as well. Yes. Yeah. I think we should go through a few simple ways to make peace with food. Um, and in my research, I, I came across the one, which is the basically the exercise that I did. And that was to start by making a list of foods that you don't eat. Yes. Um, ranking them from those that provoke the least anxiety to the most. Mm-hmm. And then starting with a less anxiety inducing food and bringing mm-hmm. that into your life and unconditionally stocking up your cupboard with it and carrying on eating that food until you feel like it's no longer got a hold over you. And then basically when you're going to be eating that food, try and do the eating without distraction and do it mindfully. But yes. don't beat yourself up if you end up what you would call binging or eating more than what you, you thought you wanted yeah. to. Um, you've got to give you, yourself that space and um, self-love to be able to say, I'm busy healing and this is part of the process. Yes. So absolutely. It's really... You know, some people are ready just to do it with their most forbidden food. Others need a little bit more structure around it and to take it slowly. But the most important thing is go at your own pace. Um, And you need to be giving yourself permission on all levels. And what I've noticed happens is the first level of permission is physical, which is allowing yourself to eat it. 
but very often your the thought process is oh I shouldn't be is this right can I be doing this so that then is mental permission where you're working on your thoughts around it and then there's emotional permission working on the guilt around eating the food so very often people give themselves physical permission to eat it but they still they're still in that dieting mindset of oh I'll only have one packet or I won't have a lot of it or I'll only have two squares of chocolate but when you've been deprived it's um sometimes in the beginning you're going to need a lot more of it um and eventually you, when you know that you can have it whenever you want you'll get to a point where you you may not binge on it so don't anybody listening don't let the fact that you're overeating it uh, scare you mm. um so we call that pseudo permission which the permission is conditional it's not unconditional yeah you can't fool yourself hey unfortunately um there's a lot of times when we try and do that in life but you know yes. what the truth is actually and if you don't truly believe that you can have it any time any amount then you'll still be stuck in that cycle of semi restricting it and still ending yeah. up binging on it yeah yeah and it's really about building trust with yourself because rules and dieting takes away that trust from yourself and this principle is almost like a starting step to building trust with yourself and your body one of the things that makes this difficult well there are a couple of things that make making peace with food difficult and that is if as you said if you're eating with distractions if there's chaotic eating like eating on the go if you introduce a lot of new foods and forbidden foods at once mm -hmm. that you know that might get in your way also the biggest one that i find is fear of weight gain i was just going to ask about that because i see it mentioned nowhere in in the various people that have written articles on this you know making peace with food but at the same time you need to make peace with your body because your body yes. will possibly change based on what what food you're giving it and you, that is part of the process and you need to accept whether you're going to whatever your size you're going to be at the end of it that you'll be okay everything's okay it's not the end of the world yeah. and that it's worth it for the growth mm -hmm. that you're getting ultimately at the end of the day and your relationship yeah. with food improving absolutely i've seen it with clients clients who are very very focused or really have a strong desire for weight loss struggle with this principle and struggle with making peace with food because every time they're eating a forbidden food they terrify that eating this um is going to lead to weight gain and actually in my experience i haven't had many clients gain really a lot of weight through this um in fact most clients come to me and say i can't believe i'm eating what i want and i haven't gained weight um mm -hmm. and the joy and freedom they feel the sense of empowerment they feel mm -hmm. from just having choice the whole thing boils down to choice and they realize that they can stop eating mm. i i actually ended up putting in a lot of the the forbidden foods very quickly in the beginning and so right. i had a a period where i had a lot of weight gain 
um, and it got quite uncomfortable at one stage. But okay. I stuck to my guns and without um, attempting to, the weight stabilized a bit again and, and pulled mm-hmm. back a bit. So I'm very glad that that happened without me trying. Um, but also if it hadn't, then I would have just need to make peace with the new size that I'm at. Yes. The clothes that I need and be yeah. comfortable. And that's a whole other skill set, making peace with the body you're at if you do happen to gain weight in this process. Um, And that requires trust and patience and continuing on this path. And clients I've worked with that have managed to do that, where their focus really is on healing their relationship with food, um, really get the benefit of this. Yeah. I even had um, like plantar fasciitis where the bottom of my feet became quite sore. And then I Googled and the first thing it said was lose weight. And that is just the, the across the board advice that you're going to get for a lot of body niggles is lose weight. When actually there are many management methods, you can roll a bottle of ice water under your feet and that mm-hmm. sorts it out, you know, stand up on the steps and lift up and down. So you know, they, you've got to look for other ways of managing what people yeah. usually see as weight-related ailments. Because yeah. it's not fair to just say you have to lose weight when that is actually not possible to do in any healthy way. Right. And that is something that as intuitive eating counselors is something we come up against a lot. A doctor will tell um, a client that they need to lose weight or else. Yeah. But... Um, And that's not useful because we know that dieting ultimately leads to weight gain. So what I always say to clients is, right, let's focus on well-being versus weight loss. You can still focus on taking actions that will improve your well-being, like drinking water, including veggies into your forbidden foods, you know, bringing in water, fiber, vegetables, moving your body. So there are other behaviors that you can do that will improve your well-being without focusing on, on weight loss. Yeah, that's But that is probably true. the biggest, biggest challenge to making peace with food and giving yourself unconditional mm-hmm. permission uh, to eat what you want. I think, um, and, and what people might be thinking is, is it really that simple? Um, and yes, it is that simple, but not that easy. So it's emotionally, it can take time and it can require support. You might find benefit from working with a mindful eating coach or a di- registered dietitian. And it, there's no set time about how long it's going to take to work through each food. Mm. It's highly individualized. So you can't put a number on it and it, you've got to go by intuition on this one. And unfortunately, right. you can't skip this step and still learn to be an intuitive eater. This is fundamental. In yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And um, the one thing I was going to say is that it's not linear. You know, once you give yourself unconditional permission to eat what you want, something might happen along the way or you might be triggered. Um, that happened to me on my intuitive eating journey. And 
And then I need, needed to go back to the drawing board. So in the beginning, it was like, oh, cheese, pasta, I can eat all of this. It was like so exciting to be able to eat toast and peanut butter for breakfast <laughs> or to have a toasted cheese. And then along the way, I got triggered and I got triggered by wanting to lose weight. And then I thought, oh, no, I'll just reduce a little bit. And that just put me back into that diet mentality and I needed to go back to the drawing board. And that is also part of the process that you notice that you've been triggered and you just gently go back and you apply the principle and you start again. Great. So there you have it, guys. You have got full permission to go and eat whatever you want, however much you want, whenever you want and grow from there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for, for helping me go through this very involved principle, making peace with food. Um, I, I'm sure we're going to touch on it again in, in numerous other episodes uh, when, when we come back around to the topic. Um, but for now, I hope that has helped everyone get a little bit of a better idea of what the next step is in this process. We will be back in our next episode dealing with principle number four, which is challenge the food police. So that's a nice fun one and uh, look forward to seeing you at our next episode. I would just like to give Xenia an opportunity to tell us where you can contact her if you would like to get in touch. Xenia? Thank you, Anka. So if you'd like to get in touch, you can reach me at uh, www.theartofmindfuleating.com and on there is, you can just, Go contact me and that will take you directly to my email address. My, my email address is zen, spelled X-E-N, at theartofmindfuleating.com. Perfect. And for all our listeners that might start having a few questions and queries based on the, the episodes that we've put out so far, um, we welcome your questions and, and we'd love to address some of them if we can. Um, so please do email any questions you've got to anka at outofmymindbox.com and we will hopefully do a Q&A episode coming up sometime soon. Thanks very much. <laughs>